Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Visa and Collector's Universe. Thanks. Okie dokie, artichoke, um, weekly plays. Uh, as you might have heard in the disclaimer, I'm now a long shareholder of uh, Collector's Universe. Um, if you guys and girls don't know who they are, um, I'm sure you guys and girls do know that collectibles are around like an all-time high. Um, it's very bubbly, it's very euphoric right now. Everyone is getting into collectibles, whether it be shoes or Pokemon cards, Magic cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, um, and all of the above. Um, baseball cards, sports cards included. So what people do is they send these cards to um, like other companies to grade, and this company will grade your cards, um, giving like a one out of ten score based on like how good of a condition it's in. Um, but there's a lot of other factors that determine the score. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, I just wanted to go over um, my long stock positions, like I do every week in my disclaimer. Um, so I am now long on Visa, and I am now long on Collector's Universe. Uh, I don't have covered calls set on this thing. Um, a lot of you know that like I don't blindly put covered calls every week. Um, that's just due to you know just what my goals are for that position. Like Visa, I don't want to miss on the potential rip up uh, just because it's been below 200 for so long. So I'm very antsy about writing covered calls for Visa because I truly do believe in Visa and that's uh, and I'm already above my cost basis. So I'm kind of just chilling right now. Uh, maybe if it heads down lower, maybe I'll write some uh, further out the money calls for, you know, just as a covered call. But rather than, you know, risk the potential run up and, you know, at risk uh, like a $40 I could collect in premium, I'd rather just sit on the Visa shares and hope for the run up later. Um, but Collector's Universe, uh, same boat. They have their earnings soon. Uh, their dividend date is next uh, Friday. Uh, and I thought, hey, why not just buy uh, like a few shares now? Um, and then you know maybe get more after the earn after earnings if it goes down. Um, I can already I can already hear. Oh, but Judy, you should trade with the most and more amount of uh, you know information. And you, why are you playing earnings? Or isn't this considered playing earnings? It it is kind of sorta. Um, I just didn't want to miss the boat. I know personally, if I saw Collectors Universe uh, is like spike on earnings, I would never touch it. Um, so being like a low, lower market cap stock, um, which makes it more volatile, a little bit more risky, but I've had such a great year. I mean, I might as well just play a position that, um, I would not choose to play later, right? Like again, if CLCT or collector's universe, um, skyrocketed after earnings, I would never touch it. It's just, I, it's just a little bit too risky for me, but being before earnings, and uh, the amount of capital it uses per 100 shares, it's not that bad, in my opinion. Um, besides all the other fundamentals of its low debt and et cetera, et cetera, um, and dividend coming up, I thought, hey, why don't I just get in for a few shares now and I'll get in for a few more shares later in case if it uh, dips or crashes or whatever word you want to use. So I'm very much like aware of everything. This isn't a blind bet. Um, a lot of my patrons know that like I'd rather prefer you to execute than not execute. You just got to know uh, what your max loss is and what your risks are. 
And um, just one more thing, like if you do play earnings, again, my patrons know this more than anyone, I don't mind if you play earnings. I only mind if you get mad. Like if you get mad that you lost money, I think there's an underlying issue that you need to fix. Uh, that's personal. That's not very finance related. That's just something that you need to get over. Um, but being uh, me and knowing me and knowing how I operate, uh, I want to get in uh, before earnings just because I know that if this skyrockets after earnings, I'll never touch it. And it's just something I do on, a, uh, on an everyday basis. So. Um, they do have a few competitors, namely Beckett. Uh, Beckett grading is private, though, and I don't think they're going to IPO. Uh, but there's a lot of drama and a lot of like um, inner conflict between collect collectors and what trading or not trading, but what uh, grading service they use. Uh, so I I have close eyes on that as well. Um, but again, that's not this is not the platform where I talk about that, uh, just because that's too specific on a stock. I don't want to. I don't want to shill this thing. So I'm just going to say that I'm long on Visa. I'm long on Collector's Universe. Um, and those are my reasons why I'm either not playing or playing cover calls on them or uh, just for me getting in prior to earnings. Okay, uh, take two. Um, I thought I was recording, but apparently not. So I just had to say everything I just said again. But that's okay because... Uh, I love talking about myself in my room into a microphone. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. Um, let's see. Uh, these last four months have been really good. Like really, really, really good. Um, it was a little scary at the bottom of the COVID crash. Um, and we've had a monster rally back up. Uh, and a lot of people are confusing uh, the stock market with the economy, but also confusing the stock market with uh, political climate um, you can transform that sentence and or answer however you want right to formulate like oh Junie you're you're uh, you're wrong you're you're just all about the money you're you don't care about people uh, um, you can do that but you can just listen to me now and hopefully understand where I'm coming from uh, the stock market is not the political climate and it's also not the economy um I've, I've said this before and i just want to reiterate this again because it's easy to forget things uh when you listen to bad news all the time or you know you're just really into the news you like very obvious things could get lost and here is uh a juni factoid uh to help you uh cruise through this week and maybe this next month um, you have to think about, you know, people that invest into Tesla or Amazon. Um, you know, when you invest into Tesla or Amazon, you're very bullish for a reason. Um, and that reason is independent from almost everything else. Uh, if you invest into Tesla, you're very into Elon Musk, right? You believe this man will change the world. Uh, he is doing only good, you know, maybe he borrows a little bit of money, doesn't bring in enough cash, but you know, you fundamentally just like to the core, you believe this man will change the world. And that's what makes you invest in this stock. And that's what also makes you not want to sell your stock. Um, you can think about the same way with Jeff Bezos, bringing next day shipping to everybody. Uh, you can think about just anything, right? Like any company that you're really bullish on that you really believe in, like maybe with Twitter and Swear, Jack Dorsey, you're really into Jack Dorsey and you're changing that. Um, you have to understand 
that the stock market prices only go down when people sell. And when people decide to not sell, it's not because they're stupid. It's not because they're arrogant. It's not because of anything else but the fact that they want to just keep on holding their shares. You can call that irrational, right? Like, wow, you know what? Tesla doesn't make that much money and they borrow a lot of money and, you know, they they might not be meeting delivery dates. This is all like past uh, like data points, by the way. Tesla is doing more than fine now. But Tesla, like, right, it was the poster child of like a, a company that just looked very sus or very suspect, very suspicious. Um, but who's laughing now, right? Like, uh, you know, Tesla stock is all time high, um, and Tesla shareholders are chilling. And we'll get into a little bit more of like why I think um, you know some investors are better than others in this later in this podcast episode. But going back uh, during times like these, there are people that are just going to hold their stock forever, right? Like you don't have to bank on them seeing a report and then they say like, oh, you know what, they didn't hit their quarter three uh estimations and then they're gonna sell right some people just aren't even into that stuff most retail traders don't even understand how to read a report and like knowing me like i barely know how to read a report i know most of the things i don't know all the things um but you got to look at like how you want to invest and what's stopping you from investing all of your money and always be cognizant of why all of your money is not in the market you have to be like, oh, you know what? I was previously in China shares and I'm very scared of tariff talks. Justified. That's very justified. You know, maybe you keep some of your money out that would have already been in there for China and you choose to keep that in cash to buy a discount on a potential third COVID wave uh, dip or something. So that type of mentality, perfectly okay. But if you go instantly, you say, oh, I'm going 98% cash uh, and I'm just because we're going to have another uh, COVID crash. That's that's probably the dumbest reason I've ever heard of someone not investing some of their money, right? Like 2% sure. But I mean, like at least put that 98% in some bank account, like a savings account. Like don't, don't keep in your portfolio if you're banking on a crash like that. Because think about it. If you have say $98,000 in a cash account that's not growing interest in a savings account or you didn't buy bonds with it or something, uh, then that money, you're losing your money. You're losing your money into inflation. Um, But then you say, well, Junie, I got to have the $98,000 in case if we do have a crash. Um, You probably don't want to buy the crash on the first day. So if you just put that in a savings account right now, you're winning infinitely more money than you are now because if you just keep the cash in your account it's not growing at all right in your options account or whatever trading account you have so put that money put that ninety eight thousand dollars into a savings account and when the crash does happen like you foretold uh then you have like i don't know like three days for it to like transfer into your account and that's like a good three-day rule um for you to invest uh on the dip when it happens um, I just feel like a lot of people go to go into cash uh, for no reason, uh, for no good systematic reason. They just like go cash and then they like talking about being all cash and then spreading news about how we're all doomed. It's just like, it, I, yeah, mm, okay, so I think, you know, obviously you should be able to say whatever you want and you can. It just sucks as a first time investor hearing stuff like that because when you're new to investing, you kind of just like soak up everything like a sponge and you talk how you read, 
right? If you read bad news, you will talk the bad news, and especially in cases where you talk about it with like friends or like people that you might know, or friends and family, um, because your vocabulary that you learn is all really based on what you read, right? You read articles all day, you're gonna talk like articles. You read discussion threads all day, you're gonna talk like a discussion thread all day. Um, just just be wary of people that are you know spooking you. Uh, you can always systematically go in, you know, maybe put in like $100 a week. Um, if you, you know, maybe if you're in college, maybe like $20 a week. You can incrementally go in. You don't have to bet all of your uh, money on like one moment in time. And uh, that's just why I want to get across. So everyone's had a stellar uh, four months that had a system. I know a lot of you are still looking for your system, still trying to hone in on your system. Uh, I know we just went through a very tempting earnings week, lots of good plays on the table. Um, for those that played it, I hope you've won. And for those that played it and lost, um, I hope you had fun. Uh, I'm not going to ridicule you or anything. I understand what it's like to lose a lot of money from earnings. I understand that it hurts. Um, so just take this as a learning moment. If you did lose, you can always start over. Just make sure that you understand that like, hey, maybe next time when earnings comes around, like you don't play them uh, nearly as hard as you did last time. It's, it's all about triggers and these certain moments in life that like snap you out of that mentality. Um, and it's not going to be me on the podcast, I'm sure. It, it needs to be uh, probably some some catastrophic loss and you, you really take it seriously from there um, but other than that I just wish you luck wish you happiness and um, yeah just be careful what you read and be careful really like how you speak um, when it comes to finance because a, a lot of how you talk uh, will show how new or veteran you are at the stock market right like you want to be following people that are neutral you want to be following people that uh, don't ridicule others. Um, <laughs> you can you can argue that I ridicule people, um, but I ridicule the gamblers. I don't ridicule the people that try. Right? If you lose money on a position, even on a position that I'm bullish on and that you're bearish on, I'm never gonna make fun of you. You went in with your thesis. I went in with mine, and mine was just correct. Um, but if you go in and you start getting mad at the company for reporting good numbers, yeah, I'm going to have a heyday with you. <laughs> I, I will trigger you to the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just be aware. Everyone is doing great right now that has a system. And just be careful of who you listen to, um, who you follow, um, what you read, and how you portray yourself. Because uh, everything, everything is just on the table right now everyone's emotions tensions they're so high um but you gotta remember just to always also have fun uh we'll go to the next section the new website updates and yeah Okay, uh, going into the new website updates, um, I have you on my script to talk about the Crewnex. Uh, so miraculously, uh, last Friday, uh, the blanks that I needed, which are the sweaters with nothing on them so I could print stuff on them like the Theta Gang logo, uh, the one that I wanted, 
uh, was sold out previously uh, last week, and they restocked it Friday, so I just like gobbled up some on Saturday, um, pending uh, like a Twitter poll. So I ordered 50 of them, um, and there will be 50 available. Patrons will have first dibs, and then the re- everybody else. Um, and yeah, I did a sizing poll. Uh, the majority of people are medium. The next most popular size is large, then extra large, and then small. Um, and it'll be coming with a free sticker. It'll have free shipping. Um, I think this time I'll autograph the sticker, or maybe I'll give two stickers and autograph one because I feel like a lot of people like myself. I don't. If I get a special sticker, I actually don't stick it. <laughs> like I like keeping the sticker. Um, don't know why. I don't know why I'm like this. Um, but let's see what else. Uh, I don't know what the price of the crew neck will be right now. Uh, oh, and also people have been wondering, like, why no hood this time? Uh, this is just because it's, like, the fall collection, right? Like, in fall, usually it's, like, crew neck season. Um, and what else? It's made by the Supreme, uh, the, the same material, same uh, blanks as what Supreme uses. So it's going to be, like, extra thick and comfy. Like, some of you have just this, like, hype beast of, you know, uh, outlook on Supreme. But Supreme's, like, sweaters and stuff are actually really good quality. Not to say that the price or the third market price or second part market price is justified, but the the hoodies and the sweaters are actually really good quality. Uh, it's going to be way better than the first edition sweaters. Um, and to that, I say... Thank you for supporting me on the first edition. I thought I think I learned a lot doing that, and so this second edition uh, will be um, even better, even more comfy, um, and it will be free shipping, free sticker, um, at least for everything or everybody in the U.S. or maybe even international. It really depends on what I price it at. Uh, but again, there will only be fifty left. Patrons first, and uh, let's go to the next topic. Oh, real quick. Not next topic yet. Uh, I'll be giving one for free away on the Twitch live stream. On uh, my very first live stream, you could go to twitch.tv slash real theta gang. Uh, and I'll be giving one out for free there. I don't know how it's going to be one. Maybe everyone goes into like some randomizer and then I spin the wheel. I don't know. Um, but I'll think of something. Um, yeah. Uh, so stick around for the Twitch live stream. I set up my room like really, really well. Like I have my webcam on. Um, like right now, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like straight up practicing for the live stream. It's been a while since I've been in front of a public audience like this. And maybe you guys and girls will find out more about that later. But yeah, um, it's been a while since I've done something like this. Uh, but it feels kind of good to be back. Uh, I think I'm more grateful for it now. Um, and I'm ready. I'm just, I'm just ready. I'm, I'm ready to change finance. I'm ready for girls to start talking about it more. I'm ready for, you know, just to just to have it more out in the open and more accessible, accessible, accessible to everybody. It's going to be a good feel pot or uh, <laughs> it's this is a good feel podcast and it will be a good feel uh, Twitch channel. Uh, I've mentioned before, if you ever feel sad, you feel lonely during quarantine, maybe you don't have friends, but I promise you, you actually do have friends. Um if you feel that way, then come by. You don't need to know anything about stock options. Um, maybe I'll, I'll probably be talking about stock options um, and stocks in general. Um, but something I've also realized is that uh, there's not enough um, 
there's not enough millennial point of view for stocks, at least in you know the way that I talk, right? Like there's no one in the market right now that takes the market like as seriously as I do, um, but also is as neutral as me. Um, and I don't say that to belittle or to degrade anybody else that's currently doing that right now as a millennial. But you got to think like, when was the last time you, you've heard of anybody like this on a video talking? Uh, like I can't name anybody. Everyone on YouTube is talking about why you should buy Neo right now before it moons to 120 or that like, oh, why you should buy Nikola, even though right now all of their revenue for $36,000 from solar panels, right? Like I want to look, I want to look dead in the camera and I'm bound to attract the viewers from there. And, you know, they're going to tag the YouTube person of who made that video. And we're going to have a debate in the comments on why that was a very poopy thing to do, right? Like, you shouldn't be shilling to newer investors. You should be encouraging them to do the right things. That means you don't just blindly make them uh, think that dividend stocks are a good thing because that's probably slower growth and lower risk than you should probably take than when you're in this, like, demographic. You should understand your demographic. You should understand that, you know, maybe your demographic is the age of 23. 26 to 20 or 33 and then maybe should be making sure that their risk capital is like smaller and that you know maybe they have a plan to switch to bonds later like you need you need to know all of this you need to know all of this and all these videos that these people make are why you should invest into nicola before it reaches 120 right that's so bad that is so sick that is so sick dude um but I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it. It's gonna be really fun. I'm gonna trigger. I'm gonna try to trigger as many YouTubers are currently out there, and we're going to have a YouTube facelift. Um, I'm gonna do it the only way I know uh, by doing me and being me. And uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone that's uh, that's uh, following me and supporting me now. It's it's an absolute pleasure to be doing this and. I'm getting already super hyped for this. I feel like we're also going to be playing like scary games on Twitch and stuff. It's going to be really, really fun. You guys are going to get to know me a little bit better. You guys and girls are going to get to know me a little bit better. Um, damn, this this coffee is really good. <laughs> okay, uh, I had to calm down a little bit. Um, so next on the website updates, um, there's the wheel tracker. Wow, this is a huge doozy. Um so as you all know, um, the I want to track wheels on ThetaGang.com. Um, there are many, many ways you can do this, um, but there are so little amount of ways where you can make it intuitive. Um, you know, you can take uh, your initial wheel and start at a cost basis on where you get assigned, and then maybe track how much premium you received to adjust your cost basis programmatically. That is the easy part. Uh, the hard part is when you, as just a regular user of the website, is like, well, I bought 40 shares today and I, I sold 20 shares the next day, right? There's tons of investors, and I use that in air quotes, that trade like that. Um, while that's not standard behavior, uh, that's something that needs to be supported because that's my audience, right? Like, even though my audience is not are not the best traders in the world, I do need to make my platform for those people, right? I need to make sure that you guys and girls that are particularly new, that day trade or like, you know, trade stocks very frequently instead of just buying and holding, uh, it needs to be um, a good experience for you guys and girls. So 
when oh, I just tapped the spacebar for no reason. Um, when the, we do the wheel tracker, um, there are many things you have to worry about. And it's like, do you worry about like how you view it as a user? Do you worry about like how you input it? Where exactly should you view it? How many clicks does it take to get there? Is it gonna be a popular feature? Is it something that needs to be in the foreground or the background? Like where does the eyes go when you go to a profile? Uh, do people care what your cost basis is? Where should people look if they care? It's just a lot. Um, I have the formulas down. Like I know how to track cost basis according to like volume and just adjusting assignment and all that good stuff. Um, but what doesn't feel good is, you know, not a lot of people are as diligent as I am when it comes to uh, logging or updating trades, right? There are a lot of people that will initially upload a lot of trades but never close them. There are a lot of people that will just like uh, upload their winners and just like instantly close it right after and log a profit. Um, but, you know, you got to make sure that everyone has a happy middle ground. And I'm not quite sure on what that is quite yet because a lot of what Theta Gang is is just straight up like you go to a, you go to ThetaGang.com, you look through maybe the front page, you want to see some recent trades, but then you start looking at the trending trades, you look at some tickers. Oh, you know, you see a ticker that you trade pretty often and you click on that one and then you see some trades there. I want you as a user to feel like, yes, this person went in on this trade and I have a little bit more confidence in executing the same one because I always think about opening a similar one like this. Um, when that philosophy gets lost, um, then the website loses a lot of its value. Um, and what I mean by that philosophy being lost is that when you click on a trade, you have to believe that that user put the time and effort into opening that uh, and not so much in a rush just to get something out. So the best trades on ThetaGang.com are the ones that have like a good amount of like uh, notes pr prior to the uh, prior to the trade closing and then a good amount of notes after the trade is closed. There's very few amount of those trades, but those traders that do those types of trades, um, you are noticed. Like I, I notice very much so that you are trying to get better and you are you're climbing out of that hole um uh but yeah that's just everything that's been on my mind for the wheel tracker this is a very complex feature uh that needs to be done right because when you go on thetagang.com you see that it's it's super clean uh and i keep it that way because i don't like how other sites do uh, their, I don't know, their their way of advertising. Like, it's just, it doesn't look that clean seeing like a, a I don't know, an ad for monitors or an ad for Wi-Fi routers in, in your feed. Like, it just doesn't look good. If you go on ThetaGang.com, there's no ads. Uh, and, you know, there's plenty of spacing everywhere. Maybe it's a little blinding at night because it's not dark mode. But adding something like the wheel tracker yeah, I mean, any developer out there can do it. Um, you just add a few buttons and some input fields. But it, it takes someone that does the wheel pretty often to understand what it what it takes to feel good when logging it. Um, you know, I've defended a lot of points prior to uh, ThetaGang.com being where it is now uh, from people saying, 
oh, we should be able to track a commission. We should be able to track uh, what broker we use. We should be able to track this and that. You, and those people that made those suggestions are probably not using the site today. Not because the site didn't do it. It's just because those are the people that just re request things and aren't actually the actionable people. You understand that there are people out there, even some of your friends that will be like, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, this could be better, this could be that, but then they don't do anything on their own, right? You have to be able to say no for the sake of your own vision, which is what you see in CEOs this day, these days with like Elon Musk and maybe like Jeff Bezos. You have to make the hard decisions. Um, and wheel tracker being one of them, yes, it's very easy to implement, but it's very hard to implement right. So I'm still working on that. And that's my tangent uh, for this section of the podcast. Oh yeah, okay, here we go, here we go. Today's topic, jumping straight into it, girls are better investors, why? Um, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I straight up think that if you, uh, and I'm, I'm talking to my main group right now, maybe I'll switch context, I'll talk to the girls of this podcast a little bit later, but right now I'm talking to the guys. Um, you know, you know let's, let's, let's take down, let's go take a scroll down memory lane. A few years ago, maybe you found Wall Street Bets. You look on the subreddit. You look around. People are making money on JNUG. People are making money on, dang, well, I don't know, AMD. Back when it was at like 30 bucks or 20 bucks and it jumped out to 40. That was an exciting time. Um, you're making money on, I don't know, people are just now getting to credit spreads. Um, and maybe you lose a few few of those and you jump into earnings because you now understand what Ivy Crush is. Uh, and then you take your take and you shoot your shot and you lose like 10 grand, right? And then now you're like, well, maybe I should re responsibly invest. You open maybe an IRA account, but you don't deposit in it. And you could just continue your old trading habits. You continue doing lottos and you just continue losing money. Um, but you don't stop because you like the community on Wall Street Bets. Um, you, uh, you just do your own thing. Uh, while you accrued this, uh, I don't know, 15, 20K debt, or not debt, but loss. I don't know, maybe most of you, I'm sure, are trading uh, with money you can lose. Maybe you can't afford to lose, but you can lose it. You're not trading the margin. Um, while you are handling this huge loss, your girlfriend whose parents set her up an account with an IRA uh, with the auto deposit of $20 is suddenly more uh, positive than you on the year to date or just more positive than you uh, than ever, right? And that is one of the uh, hardest pills to swallow as a uh, dude that's trying to invest and trying to talk like he invests. Um and this is a shout out to the girls listening to this podcast. If you have any money in a savings account, uh, you are doing better than most users, I'd say, on Wall Street Bets, right? Like, there is nothing more, uh, there's nothing better than 
uh, a savings account when you have a loss. If you trade options and you have a massive loss and you know all of these market fundamentals, you you know all of these terms, it's useless unless if you could have a better P&L than a savings account or more or less than, than seven plus 7% 7 on SPY or against SPY, right? Like, what is the point of learning all of this uh, when you can't beat someone with a savings account? And I'm very aware that, you know, girls these days are getting better and better at getting into finance. Uh, they might dip their toes a little slower uh, than, you know, their like male counterparts. I know that like, you know, as a naive young like male in the workforce, I had a lot of money. Uh, I previously always liked to just, you know, spend money, invest money because I like the thrill of it. Girls like different things or a majority of them, I suppose, and do other things with that money. Um, but guys have this, I don't know, societal pressure to do to invest just because it's like kind of normal talk for males. Um, but as you know, that branches out more and more to girls like we're trying to do on this podcast um you know girls are just better at picking this stuff up and you know this, this these next like 10 minutes is basically going to be me roasting dudes including myself and why girls are just better um, so if this topic just does not appeal to you like at all uh feel free to skip this and i'll just see you on the next episode um but yeah i'll be talking to my guy audience and i'll be talking to my girl audience um, in just a little bit. So I'm just going to pause here and gather my thoughts and just continue on. Okay, um, I quickly wrote down a few bullet points I want to go over just so I don't talk for ages here. Um, I think girls are just better investors um, just in general. Like I got to say, like whenever I've had the opportunity to teach a girl or to help a girl with her finances, they are very, very good at learning. Um, you know, not to say that they're not ever good. <laughs> See, this is su such a weird time that we are in. Like anything that I say, I feel like I got to back up. But please understand that I, I love girls. I love dudes. Like, please just like, just understand that I'm not trying to be biased in any way. In fact, I'm trying to be as neutral as possible. But I'm just like trying to talk about these social... <laughs> these social norms that society has created. So girls are really quick at learning. So are dudes. But like when it comes to finance and um, maybe it's because uh, the girls know that like I'm really into finance or something, but they're very open to learn. And when they learn it, they're not in that mood to like, okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest 20K. I'm gonna invest 20K right now, right? Girls are very much like, Thank you for teaching me this. I'm gonna look over it myself, and I'm gonna like uh, do. I'm gonna do some research, and I'll ask you questions about it later. Or like they'll hit me up later in life, and they'll say like, "Oh, I opened up my IRA account. Thank you for teaching me about this." Um, and blah blah blah. Um, but when it comes down to it, girls don't just jump into large positions, right? Like girls are very hesitant, and they're more um, risk adverse. And that's an amazing thing to have when you first invest. Like, as I said earlier, if you're young, you can afford to risk a lot, uh, but you don't need to shoot for the moon. Girls will dip their toes in, their legs in, then the rest of their body. Dudes that just learn how to how stocks work will cannonball into like an 80-foot drop, right? 
Um, and that's an amazing thing to have and to hold. Uh, and then as you get more comfortable learning, of course, increase your positions, increase your max loss. Um, but that initial loss aversion is one of the things that make girls uh, better investors. Imagine a world where you, as a dude that found Wall Street bets years ago, did not take that first initial loss. So you're not in that mindset of like, oh, I got to break out of this hole. I got to break even. And you do dumber trades and then you end up further in the hole. Girls are less susceptible to that because of that initial loss aversion. If you're a girl and you don't have loss aversion, I'm sorry if I offended you. Uh, I thought this might have been a compliment, but if it's too biased, I, I am just preemptively apologizing right now. I don't mean to offend you. Um, but for the, for the girls that I've talked to um, in my personal circle, um, they're very risk adverse, and I commend that. It's a good thing. Um, going next is uh, they have less ego uh, than dudes. Um, dudes are very egotistic. I'm very egotistic uh, for sure. Um, I recognize that, and it's just part of who I am. Um, but before, right, like you make a few home run plays and you feel like you're on top of the world, and then you lose it all, and even more maybe, and you feel so bad as a dude, right? Like there's nothing than like holding that call for too long uh, when you're up like 10,000% and then you losing it because you got greedy. And that, that ego check. You do that enough times and you become a good investor. <laughs> Not saying you should blow up a million times, but that's usually what ends up happening. Even when you listen to this sort of podcast, you will blow up just because you get excited off of, you know, maybe seeing that Nikola video <laughs> to 120 <laughs> uh, and you invest into that. Um, girls don't care about that all too much. The girls are just, you know, they do, they want to do what works. And, you know, most girls I talk to uh, have a savings account with lots of money in there. Congrats. Like, dude, that's that's really cool seeing like uh, girls that have like tens of thousands of dollars in their savings account. And while, you know, they didn't put it in the market, they're just, you know, really actively saving, which explains the loss aversion, right? Like they don't want that money to be lost in the market because maybe they have family issues or, you know, they need their money to be a little bit more liquid whatever whatever it may be but them having that lump sum shows that they are very good at saving right like treat yourself one day manicure whatever whatever but like they are you girls you guys <laughs> you guys you girls are so good at saving that if if you had just done put the money in the market it would have been amazing but you might have not known how to do that or it might have been a little bit more daunting and that's what this podcast is for. Hopefully, you girls listen to this more and more um, and uh, get a little bit more confidence in trying to join the market uh, because it really, at a young age, I'd say like from 20 to even four, 20 to 40, like I think as long as you don't have a house, or maybe like 20 to 35, as long as you don't have a house, um, like I think you are really primed to just be in the market and uh, you're maxing out your IRAs and everything. Um, but we'll go into that like, in future episodes, so no worries there. Um, another thing I have here for why girls are better investors is that they execute in silence. Um, when girls trade or they finally do enter the market, oh, they enter and they just don't talk about it, right? Guys have this huge ego problem where if they enter something, they got to talk about it. They have to have reaffirmation of like other people being in it. 
um, which is what the theta game more or less is is right like you're touting your real blah 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 girls aren't really into that um i don't know if it's like a feedback thing maybe it's like they don't like feedback guys don't like for sure don't like feedback <laughs> but i don't know it just seems like they're again it's risky to post your stuff because people can make fun of you maybe that has to do a little bit with loss of version um but more or less like they execute in science and the emphasis should be on execute they do execute they just don't talk about it right they actively save money in their savings account but they don't flaunt like they own the entire world i have a very good home friend um that you know uh, very much saves and saves in silence and she's really good with her finances um but she doesn't talk about it and it's it's, it's very commendable um on where she is right now and uh like just how she presents herself and how she carries on her daily life because a lot of people wish they had a a a portfolio balance like that but she just chooses to put in a savings account and that's fine like she maxes out her ira puts in a savings account that's all good um it's some things that like guys will do right now in fintwit it's like dude if you look at other social like media sites um you know they'll post like pictures of like girls like butts and they'll like say like oh look at this uh pattern forming like this girl's butt haha <laughs> look this is my favorite pattern i dude that's i don't know dude that's that's pretty boomer i'm not gonna lie um and that's not stuff that would be cool on datagang.com right like there's no reason why you should be posting that kind of stuff um you might think it's funny. Freedom of speech is very cool, but it doesn't really make it more inviting to more people. And that's the main emphasis of datagame.com, right? Um, another thing that makes girls better other than executing in silence is uh, they don't, uh, or sorry, uh, that's another bullet point. That's the last bullet point. Uh, the next one is they do more research. Um, like I mentioned before, guys, when they have 20K to blow, uh, as soon as I teach them about something, they'll be ready to jump on, boom. I'm ready to invest my 20K. Uh, I'm gonna start looking at videos. And then they find that Neo video where it promises <laughs> 120 bucks. Uh, and then they lose like eight grand of it because maybe Neo corrects like, I don't know, 30%. Um, yeah, girls will do the opposite. Girls will do more research and then they will ask, which is, uh, it could be bad, it could be good. I have some. I have some things I want to talk about the ego thing at the very end, but girls will typically do more research on positions and then ask like, "Hey, Junie, is this a? Is, how, what do you think about this company?" And then you know, it's up to the person that's answering that question to lead them in the in the right way, right? Like instead of saying, if the girl asks like, "Oh, Junie, what do you think about Nike?" Um, you, you don't, you shouldn't just say like, "Oh, you know what? There's there's better investments that you can make than Nike." Um, you should tell her that like, oh, you know, there's there's something that's like called like news, <laughs> not saying that no one understands news, but like Nike, you know, having all their manufacturing in China is very susceptible to tariff news. So like maybe you introduce them to the idea that news affects stocks and you say, hey, check out how news affects stocks or how dividends affect stocks. Like tell her to like look up what dividends are and ask and tell her that you're free for questions for dividends or like, uh, tell her what what tariff news is like or you know and then if you say like if you talk about the tariff news like don't bash the president or whatever like just straight up just say like this is what happened with tariffs like they 
it, you have to approach uh, positions and stocks in a very neutral mindset, right? Like you don't want to talk to anybody that talks about politics. I don't want to do that either. And so like make sure that you're always inviting this. I guess this is this is straight off to a message to dudes is like if a girl asks you help with finance like don't give them a lecture like have a conversation with them like don't don't like lecture them about something like make it open in a conversation and maybe like every like few sentences you ask like hey did that make sense and then they say mm-hmm and then you say no it, I it's totally cool if you still have a question I understand how hard it was and you, one more time like are you sure you don't have a question and then usually they'll ask another question right like a lot of people this is not so much a girl thing either a lot of people when they're first learning something you they usually go mm -hmm, yeah i get it mm -hmm, next right it's critical that they believe that you're there to help them and if you don't if you aren't there to help them uh but to only lecture them they'll come to you for help less and so i mean this is just teaching in general right like if any if your girlfriend and this is a message for guys if your girlfriend comes to you and asks for help like don't lecture them like they're they just want your help and maybe like ask them questions about like oh you know this is cool like i i don't know where i'm going with this um but don't lecture them um you know make sure that they understand uh where your where your views are coming from maybe you like the tariffs or maybe you don't like the tariffs but make it clear that the question is just answered of what tariffs are and like how it might affect both viewpoints if you're bullish or bearish on a stock. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, more or less going into uh, the last and most important point. Uh, and this is why girls are just fundamentally better. And I say this with 100% confidence. Even if you're a girl and you don't believe in this, I still believe in this. There's just no way you're not gonna agree with me here. Girls touch their trades uh, less, and that's what makes them uh, win overall more. That's just hands down, they trade less. They have stock, the stock market crashes, they might not feel comfortable enough to sell because they might not know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing and they just don't care because they, again, they have probably a huge savings account that they have and this, they actually trade with only the money they can afford to lose and they don't sell and then they end up ahead because everyone sold for a loss on the crash, right? Girls, when they pick a stock and they start buying the stock, they do not sell it. And that's, that's so sick. It's like, it's like the best thing that I always hear is just like, you know, maybe I've had this conversation with a girl a long time ago and they like just ask uh, like how I've been and I ask like how, how their finances have been, like if they're still in the market and stuff and they say like, yeah, I haven't touched that position in forever and it's like, it's doing amazing. I would say great job because, you know, through all the 2008 and um, not saying I was training back then, but like in 2008 and uh, this COVID crash and maybe the October 2018 crash, like there's so many chances to exit. And whether if girls know when or how to exit, like even if, if that's even a good thing at all, the fact that they don't do it is the best reason why girls are better investors. I understand as a boyfriend, that like if your girlfriend was in some stock and you knew that their earnings was going to be bad, 
you have the strongest itch to tell them to sell the stock, right? Because you're very min-max. You're very into like, you know, yes, I called the top and then we sold at a good time. But if honestly, if your girl is in it for the long haul, there's no reason why she should sell, right? Like I understand that you are very into the market as a boyfriend or, you know, you could absolutely switch this around. Maybe if you're the girlfriend that keeps track of the finances, I don't, I, I have no clue, but I'm just speaking for the majority. If you're, if you're the boyfriend and you're, you're really into the stock market and you're telling your girlfriend to sell her stock, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think your girl should be able to determine whether or not it's a good time to sell. And if she doesn't know how to sell, that that, that might be even better. But until she wants to go out and actually find uh, the reason to do it on her own, uh, then that should be the time. Uh, Otherwise, you as a boyfriend that is consistently scared of the stock market should not dictate your girl's finances. Uh, Maybe you guys are married. Maybe you guys are not. Maybe you guys are very close. You guys are sharing financials. But... Girls are better investors because they're actually in it for the long haul, which is super commendable. Um, a lot of guys will say, yeah, I have a long stock portfolio, uh, but then they end up selling the same stock that they promised to hold for years in some uh, stock uh, social media site. Oh, I just longed fastly for the rest of my life. This is a great company. And I promise you, like a month later, they're not gonna have the stock because they found something else that they were gonna love for many years. Girls are not like that. Not only do they not post on social media like that because they feel like they don't have to. Good job, you guys. You girls have your egos in check. Um, that's a great thing because guys don't. Guys love going that extra mile to tout about something. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then girls don't touch their positions. They buy into something because they initially believe in it. They did the fundamental research first, and they don't touch it. And then guys go off and like play options and blow up. Uh, and they have a negative year-to-date P&L. Uh, meanwhile, their girlfriends are making hundreds of dollars on stocks that they bought, right? Like, who who wins there, right? It's the girlfriend, 100% of the time. So, you know, knowing that, it fuels me uh, to do better and trade safer. And, and I need to have my finances. This is This is just a very silly goal of mine. To have my finances in check so that moment doesn't happen, right? How embarrassing would it be if I had a podcast, a website, and everything, and I had a negative year to date? It just doesn't make sense. Um, I think I mean I think that's it. Like, I can't think of really anything else. Um, I think just as overall, um, I don't want to say advice because that's 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 weird. Um, just as a tip, no, an idea. I have an idea for any of the girls that are listening to this is that, or any of the dudes, right, that are really new to learning something or just new learners in general. But I find this more in, you know, girls than dudes, just even when learning a new thing is that when someone's teaching you something, it's expected that you don't understand it the first time. So if someone asks you, like, do you understand this? It should be okay. You should feel okay with saying like, no, I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me one more time? It's very dangerous for you to go through life with the mentality that you have to understand everything on your first try. Um, And I'm sorry if I might have offended you there where like maybe you are the type of girl to ask for clarification and stuff. But there's a a good handful of people, um, guys and girls together, that uh, don't do that. Uh, and it's just 
maybe you're not comfortable with the person teaching you or maybe you feel like this need to make them proud or something um but you don't have to and if they can't explain it in a way that you can understand it as someone that's first time listening then maybe they're just not the right person to get help from, right? They could be totally knowledgeable, they could be totally the master of their craft, but not everybody is good at teaching. You have to understand that it's not on you all the time as a first time learner, it's absolutely on them as being a good first time teacher as well. So um, that is my only tip for uh, girls as a majority just as that i've been teaching for finance like while i'm teaching them about iras and um you know just investing in general is that i always double back and i always ask like hey did this really make sense like if you need help like just ask me one more time it's cool you can rephrase the question in english like we we speak english but i like saying that because i'm you know sometimes it's easy to get into this keyword philosophy where you just spout keywords all the time because maybe that's just how you talk about finances, but it's important to realize when you talk to someone that's new to finances that these terms fly right over their head. Um, and these big terms flying over their head might trigger something to just make them agree with you um, because they, they might feel belittled because you know there's all these terms they don't know and uh, it just puts a lot of pressure. So. If you're teaching someone, make sure you throw in some examples, uh, some analogies maybe, um, and make uh, both of your lives easier by taking, uh, or by just like speaking English, right? Like don't don't slam so many financial keywords in a sentence or a question or an answer. Um, and I think that's it. Um, as I close this episode, I just want everyone to understand that this comes from a warm and positive place. Um, if you are a girl that's already super into finance and you don't resonate with any of these like cues or things I've mentioned or maybe things I've assumed, then I apologize. Like I preemptively apologize. Um, you know, it's I'd say just like because anecdotally, anecdotally, and you know, just in my personal circle for the girls that I've taught uh, these things, um, this is the majority. This is absolutely the majority, and I just hope that this message um, is found in a good light and is heard in a good light from other girls that might be feeling this way. But if you are already really confident and killing it in the market and stuff, and uh, maybe you don't resonate with any of these views, then again, I preemptively apologize. And this is not so much the episode for you, but very much the episode for any girls that are struggling or looking for a way to enter the market with uh, some confidence. So um, just know that, uh, you know, whether it be guys or girls, I think we are all great investors, um, especially when you are trying to become a better one, uh, instead of like gambling on earnings or, you know, <laughs> gambling on Neo. <laughs> I don't know why I keep bringing that up. I think I just got so triggered in the beginning of the episode, drinking the coffee. It's like ingrained for the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, super positive light. Um, and it will only get more positive from here. Uh, I will be on Twitch very, very soon, but more details after the outro. Uh, and yeah, have a great week. Um, and just remember, earnings are dangerous. Um, and yeah, trade today so you can trade tomorrow. Bye.
Okay, uh, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang. Remember, there's going to be a, a crew neck being raffled off. Uh, or maybe it's like some trivia contest. I don't know. Um, or you can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. Uh, and email me at juni at thetagang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. That's Theta Gang, all caps, one word. Um, here we go. Uh, and these are the extended shout outs for the month. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Lifesaver, Shock Doc, France, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay ZN, Mikos, John Chen, Rico, Gaines Goblin, Hunter Joe, Pacro, Snowling Nomads, Mitch Brady7, Josh Ola, Craig Thomas, Good Job Wilson, <laughs> Dan J, Hetty, Nils, BK Trade, Baked Potato, DM, Candor, Gonzo Damas, <gasps> Bruce Dotio, Kate, Nah, Hatred Code, Cynicism, Maltman, Mooney, Anthony511, ATM Machine, Mental Dum Dum, Grandpa95, Leo Jetson, Make More 2, Just Send It, Bad Trader Chicken Dinner, Cowbunga Dudes, Dissension, Saltwater Cure Lord, Skeletor, Cheddar, <gasps> Matthew Hansel, Ladies Reservist, The Jester, IR Guy, Chris Weekend Boy, Kurt Hermes, Kaput, Lee Weenie Hat Jr., Trucker Ben Dilly, <gasps> Gooks from Rudo, Rest of Your Extra Actor, Russian Boss Shifty, Yoko, Ensis, The Messiah, JJ, and Beast Mode. <sighs> oh, that's always a doozy. Oh, dang it! I forgot to record it with the Rubik's Cube timer again. I have it written here in bold, but like my script has not changed changed in so long that like I just like gloss over it every time. Um, yeah, my my script changes. Uh, very little like I write bullet points throughout the week of like what I want to talk about but I don't like write word for word you guys can you guys and girls can definitely tell um, yeah hoodies are on their way that's really cool uh, it's gonna be nice doing that again I, I'm gonna be doing it a lot cleaner this time I feel like the Shopify site last time was a mess um, but I should have a better handle on it now um, I've also thought about the idea of just um, was selling the sweaters on eBay, like just putting a bid, right? Like maybe it's just really cool to see where people are willing to buy it through a bid. Um, and I think this someday, I hope there's like some Theta Gang like merchandise of second market, right? It'd be, that would be really, really cool. Um, but again, oh, this is a tech company first and a merchandise company second. Um, let's see. What else can I talk about? Um, uh, thank you for everyone using the Theta Game referral code for Tastyworks. Um, I'm just super thankful if you've used it and you think the money has gone through and everything, you're all set up. Uh, e let me know and email me on the 15th of any month and I'll set you up on the, uh, one month of Twitter alerts and the cherry flare on the, th on the website. Um... Yeah, I mean, what a what a good episode today. I feel like today's episode was really, really good. Um, I've been wanting to make this episode for a while, and I've been putting more emphasis on Twitter about like how more girls are following and using the site than ever. Uh, I have no clue whether or not if that's just like more people in general looking at it, or if it's because I am making the or we are making the uh, website more inclusive together. Um, but it's just awesome to see right like as a full owner of a project slash company it's super sick to see metrics go up from actions that you've been doing and whether or not this is just luck or chance i'm still equally grateful um whoa wow uh anything else um oh yeah i want to talk about twitch i think that's it uh twitch 
is going to be in two weeks. Pretty sure it's going to be on a Monday. It's going to be Monday at like 6, 6 p.m. Pacific, maybe. Um, and we're just going to start off the week and just recap the Monday. And then depending on how many people are there on the first uh, first one, maybe we open with the market and we close with the market. Meaning like uh, we will have a podcast, or <laughs> I keep saying podcast, a uh, live stream for um the monday after market close and then friday after market close um and then maybe i'll take vacation from my other job uh and then maybe do like a like a like a weekday uh like 30 minutes at lunch power hour um uh live stream where you can ask questions and stuff all day um I don't know. I'm just really excited of where this is going to go. I've reordered, reorganized my entire room. My webcam is like perfectly positioned and like my background is just getting more and more sick. Like you guys can see, I'm like turned around right now. I don't know if you can, yeah, you guys can definitely hear, you guys and girls can definitely hear me. You can see like my Pokemon packs, my magic cards, my Black Lotus prints. Uh, I have a Bloomsburg magazine of when Reddit or Wall Street Bets made the front page. Um, <laughs> I have my stickers for Theta Gang. I have my magic shirts that I've been buying. Um, I don't know. I just think this is my time. It is finally. This is this is this is finally it. Of all my projects that I've done before, this is finally it. Um, my my mom is doing a little bit better. I'm actually, you know, straight up. I'm just gonna call it right after uh, I record or after I'm done recording. Uh, you guys and girls should absolutely call your parents. Uh, they miss you a lot, whether or not uh, they say it. Um, just as a, just something anecdotal and a little personal is that my mom has mentioned last time I went to go visit her, and she said that um, even though some days are hard, she doesn't like calling me because she doesn't want me to feel bad or feel pressured. And it's like so disheartening to think that, but I could imagine doing that as well. So like, really, just just call your parents. Like I'm sure they they're hiding things that you know you never get to hear. Um, you know, don't ask them like, oh, is everything okay? Like just ask them to say like, oh, I I missed you. I just want to hear from you. Um, what else? What else? Um, a lot of people have been asking me like for a general advice for their projects and stuff. Uh, that is absolutely stuff for the for the live stream. Like. I'll be there uh, giving advice, just general advice to just people on like if they want to do something on their own. Um, if this has all just been super cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really complain about anything. I'm just, just grateful for today. Um, yeah, just super exciting stuff. I'm just gonna cut this short. Really, I have nothing nothing to complain about everything's good and um yeah i'll see everybody on the next episode bye